Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Peekaboo! Peekaboo! That is so funny! This is Arlo and his mom, Melanie. Arlo is 16 weeks old, and he's starting to babble and giggle like crazy. Despite being born in the middle of a pandemic, Arlo is as happy and as healthy as one could hope. And so is his mom. It is really strange. Those first days, weeks, months, they just looked so different than what I thought they would look like. But I'm not worried about his development at all. Like, I'm not worried that he's not being socialized. He's going to be fine. He's just been a little light during a time of uncertainty, and I love him. But many women and families, understandably, have a lot of concerns about the safety of having a baby during the age of COVID. So today, I'm going to sit down and talk to Dr. Laura Riley. She's the chair of the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Weill Cornell Medicine at New York Presbyterian. Dr. Riley will answer your questions about the risks of coronavirus during pregnancy and about what we've learned since the pandemic started. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. I was just, I was reeling because I'm worried about my patients worried about what we're going to see, how we're going to handle it. It was incredibly difficult, incredibly difficult. Dr. Riley oversees one of the busiest labor and delivery units in New York City. She's been delivering newborns throughout the pandemic, including when New York City was the epicenter of the outbreak. So many people were coming in with symptoms that you weren't sure, is it COVID, is it not COVID? And so I would say that, you know, the the one word I would use to describe those first, you know, the worst of it was it was just, it was emotionally tiring. But I think we've all learned a lot. We We have definitely learned a lot. Dr. Riley is an expert on pregnancy and infection. She's worked with government agencies to draft guidelines for the care of pregnant women during previous epidemics, like Ebola, Zika, and H1N1. When it became clear coronavirus was spreading to the United States, she was called on to write the guidelines once again. So I started off by asking her, is this a high-risk time to be having a baby? I think that that's the question that lots of, you know, women are are asking. I think that the high-risk part of it is that there's lots of unknowns. It just makes you a little bit more anxious, right? Because you just don't know what's going to happen. But at this point, I feel like now is a fine time to get pregnant if that's what your life plan is. I remember a little bit of my obstetrics rotation. When a woman is pregnant, part of making that work is that obviously her immune system wants to be able to accept this new baby into the body. Does the mother's immune system, while pregnant, become 
compromised in some way to allow that to happen? Does a pregnant woman become more likely to become infected with viruses like this novel coronavirus? I think the immune system, I hate the word compromise because I think it's working really, really well. It's just that it's focused on something else. It's focused on, you know, keeping the fetus um, healthy and in there. And so I think for pregnant women, we know that they are susceptible in some ways to some infections or more susceptible to some infections, but not all. I think that the fear at the beginning of this pandemic was that we were going to see the same degree of illness that we saw with um, influenza, which can make moms super duper ill. I think we haven't seen that, but um, there's no question whenever there are infections, you're worried about that for pregnant women because, as you said, the immune system is clearly not 100% fighting that infection. If pregnant women aren't necessarily more susceptible to this infection, are they more likely to have severe disease if they do become infected? The most recent CDC data suggested that there was that possibility. It showed that there were more hospitalizations in pregnancy. In addition to those hospitalizations, appeared to have more women who were in ICUs. Hmm. I think the problem with that data, though, is at the time that this data was being put together, a lot of units, ours included, were doing universal screening of pregnant women upon admission to labor and delivery. So they weren't being admitted because of COVID. They were being admitted because they were having a baby and, oh, by the way, you're COVID positive. That's a very different scenario than the one of women being admitted to the hospital because of COVID and because of the complications. And then the other concern I have is that it was incomplete. So we only had pregnancy data on about 28% of the data set. So while I think we need to remain vigilant and concerned that pregnant women may be a little bit sicker, I don't think we 100% know that. The vast majority of them have been fine. Well, this is, this is very reassuring. You know, I think a lot of people, they think about this particular pandemic, but they go back, they think about Zika. And with Zika, you know, there was a real concern, as you know, about um, uh, children having significant impact from these infections. If a woman gets the coronavirus while pregnant, what is the likelihood of transmission to the baby? What are the potential consequences for the baby? How would you advise them? What we know now is that the risk of transmission seems to be very, very low, you know, less than 5%, certainly. And of those babies who have been infected, the vast majority of them seem to be doing well. And then the second question is, if there is a transmission, will it cause, you know, birth defects? I think we've not had any evidence whatsoever of any of that. That is not nearly the same as what we saw with Zika. So I think I'm reassured by it, and hopefully pregnant women are reassured by it. You know, we get so many questions, Dr. Riley, from listeners on this topic of pregnancy during COVID. So I thought we could have you field a few questions directly from them. Listen to this one from a woman named Sarah. I'm pregnant and due with a baby in October. What should we do about visitors after the baby is born? So I tell people to, you know, minimize your your visitors and really try and keep your visitors 
to those who are going to help you, right? So mm. those first few days and weeks post-delivery are hellish. Um, and you need help. Um, to say no one can visit is probably not helpful because I think, you know, the whole psychological state of postpartum is tough. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think you need to, you know, take precautions. They should take precautions, wearing masks, washing their hands, you know, social distancing, et cetera. It's always interesting to me when people are like, oh, my mask, I can't wear it. I'm thinking, really? It's a mask. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you get COVID, it's way worse. And you as a doctor and me as a doctor, we've been wearing masks in hospitals all the time. We're very used to it, and it's a fairly easy thing to do. Exactly. Okay, let's take another one. This one from a listener named Natalie. I'm in my first trimester of pregnancy with a due date in March. What does that mean for me and a vaccine? Let's put it this way. We wouldn't give all vaccines during pregnancy. However... Uh, the two vaccines that we recommend during pregnancy, influenza vaccine, Tdap vaccine, it's clear, we have lots of data, it's safe in pregnancy, protects mother, protects baby. I think the concern about coronavirus is going to be, is it safe? And so that then, you know, begs the question, how do you get the safety data? Um, we're going to get the safety data the same way we get it for other vaccines, which is, um, you know, the animal data, we need to understand what that looks like. The animal reproductive data, we need to see what that looks like. And we're going to review those, you know, those steps and review that data um, before we make a recommendation about utilizing it during pregnancy. I, I have almost more of a philosophical question, just doc to doc almost here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just curious, how do we develop a level of certainty? How do you approach that? It's all about the evidence. Uh, you know, <laughs> I'm a scientist at the end of the day. Show me the data or I'm just not believing it. At the beginning of this pandemic, I can tell you our first draft of recommendations was very vague and there were all sorts of caveats, you know, written throughout it. And I think that that's what we do as scientists, you know, until we get a lot of data that's all saying essentially the same thing, I think it's hard to say, yeah, don't worry about it. Or, you know, I'm totally fearful um, because you don't want to create unnecessary anxiety, especially in pregnancy, because I think, you know, that's the baseline in pregnancy, right? You know, any pregnant woman, the minute you see the positive pregnancy test, you're, you're worried about something. You know, is it really there? Is it going to be okay? Is it going to be smart? Is it going to go to Harvard? You know, <laughs> it's normal. That, that is normal stuff. So I think I feel like we have to be cautious about that kind of stuff. And then I think that it also forces us to really look for the, you know, is there a prevention here? Can, can, we, can we get the prevention right? Because if you don't get it, we don't have to worry about it. It is encouraging to hear that Dr. Riley isn't as fearful for pregnant women now as she was earlier in the pandemic. But of course, if you're having a baby or thinking about having a baby, you need to check with your own doctor about potential risks. As Dr. Riley said, the best way to make sure that pregnancy is safe during coronavirus is to be cautious and to focus on preventing people from getting sick at all. That means doing all the basics that I've been talking about week after week washing your hands, wearing a mask, staying physically distant. And that's especially true for pregnant women and the people all around them, before and after birth. If you have questions, please record them as a voice memo 
and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.